Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Man, thank you for coming. Thanks for being here on the 4th of July. We're going to invite our ushers to come forward to give an offering together. If you all could pray with me, that would be lovely. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for freedom in this country. Thank you for the, just the, the freedom that we have and that I, I believe you have planted inside of us to, to crave because you give us the opportunity to be free people in the spiritual realm as well, that we don't have to be tied down to anything, um, that we can be free from just things that want to steal life away from us. So we thank you for this Independence Day, and we thank you for um, freedom from bondage, freedom from addiction, freedom from sadness or depression, freedom from um, just less than, you, less than what your kingdom has to offer us. Just we love you and we, we love that you make us free people. Give you this offering of our own accord <laughs> because you showed us how to freely give um, just with no strings attached. Thank you for your example. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, hello. Welcome. Uh, thank you for being here. If you are joining us online, thank you for watching. Uh, today, we're going we're gonna to talk a bit about that, that freedom and about that independence. Um, one thing I want to announce uh, before we jump into that part, though, is uh, we have a big deal coming up pretty soon. We're going to be hosting a community fun day here at the church. Yes, um, and really the whole point of this is just to do just to do something fun in the neighborhood and give people something to do and look forward to and bless people with free stuff. And so um, we've, we've held a lot of these types of events in the past. Um, we have industrial-sized snow cone makers and grills and um, popcorn machines and all sorts of different things. And we are just going to throw a party and uh, invite people to, to, to share in it and have fun and, get, um, and eat junk food. And uh, to be able to do that, we need volunteers majorly to be able to pull this off. Uh, so if there's anything that you might be able to help with, we would love to have your assistance. Um, we need a, a huge number of volunteers to be able to do this the right way and to be a, a good representative to the neighborhood. And so there, there's some more information in the program about that. Uh, the Community Fund Day is going to be happening. Um, let's see, what is the date? Is it... Um, what is, do we have? Do you remember the date? July, July 14th? August 14th? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> August 14th. 
Um, but there is going to be a, a planning meeting that is coming up next week, next Sunday after the service. Um, if you would like to stop by and help with ideas or find out any way that you can serve, uh, we, would, we would be grateful if you could be there. Uh, more info in the program about that. Let's, uh, let's, ju- let's jump into it, shall we? It is Independence Day. July 4th. It's kind of strange uh, for, for church on Sunday to fall on July 4th, but with that in mind, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to talk about uh, that freedom that we have, that independence that we have, um, and also just the, <laughs> the strange way that Jesus invites us into that and just Sometimes Jesus kind of seems like he's on opposite day um, with the way that he challenges us to do different things. Jesus is all about us being free, free people, given freedom, and yet some of the ways that he challenges us uh, sounds like he's wanting us to give away some of that freedom um, and to depend on him. You know, we're it's Independence Day today, and we're celebrating, I mean, honestly, we're, we're celebrating getting our freedom from a king we didn't want to be attached to. And so we got away. We didn't want to be dependent on him, and we, we've been doing our own thing. And so we, we hear that as kind of a, a compliment. A lot of times, she was a strong, independent woman, Right? We're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Like, I, I don't you strong, independent women scare me sometimes, though. <laughs> like, I, I always think I want to be independent, but then I find myself kind of getting myself in trouble a lot of times when I don't have somebody I can depend on. In John chapter 15, or in John 14, sorry, John chapter 14, Jesus says this to us. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In John chapter 15, he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And so Jesus is essentially saying, if you obey me, if you submit to me, if you bow down to me, if you uh, forfeit your freedom in a way, right, to me, then that's how you'll show me that you love me. If you love me, um, you'll abide by what I say. You'll do as I say. You'll obey. And so there's a couple different ways that we can read this kind of scripture. We can look at it and say, okay, well, it's obedience that is something that we do as a work to get ourselves into the kingdom of God. Or um, another way that we might look at this is that obedience is actually the fruit that comes out of, it's the naturally occurring fruit that sprouts up when we've actually received the king, when we've actually submitted to the king. Receiving Jesus, and when I say that, I know, um, so most of us in this room have given our lives to, to Jesus. We have 
um, got to a point where we surrendered. And we said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to fight you anymore. I, sub- I surrender. I recognize that um, there was no way that I could ever be good enough in the eyes of God to be considered uh, perfect and holy and get myself to heaven. I had to surrender and admit that I needed Jesus and the work that he did on the cross for me to be able to stand in uh, on my behalf. And so when you receive Jesus, um, so if you have prayed that prayer and you've, you've said, Jesus, I, I surrender myself to you. I ask for your forgiveness. I invite you uh, to live in my heart. I want you to um, just, I want you to take over. You are in that, that process of receiving Jesus. And from that point forward, Jesus will continue to call you into full-on, total, complete surrender. Like, because he, he's, he's not satisfied unless it's all the way. And it helps a little bit for explaining his opposite-day way of doing certain things and talking to certain people. Jesus, throughout Scripture, ends up... Um, what I would say is he, he creates these forks in the road for us that we have to go, you know, we might be going down this path or this path, but Jesus throws a fork in the road and he says, no, there's a, now there's an obstacle or a thing. You have to choose a path. You have to go one way or the other. Here's what I mean. In Luke chapter nine, it says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, to Jesus, they say, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He's got nowhere to lay his head. And so you have someone who is a disciple, someone who's given their life over to Jesus. And they say, Jesus, I just want you to know, I will follow you anywhere. I think you are so great, I will follow you anywhere. And Jesus says, okay, but I do want to remind you, um, I'm homeless. And I don't have anywhere to put my head. So just a heads up, I hear what you're saying. And so I just want, I want you to really think this through. I want you to know uh, kind of the weight of what you're saying. Because you're saying you'll, you'll follow me wherever I go. Well, everywhere that I go... I'm homeless, and everywhere I go is trouble, and everywhere I go is hard. Further in Luke 9, he says to another, he said, follow me, but he said, well, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And so he's got another follower with him who says, Jesus, yeah, I'm, I'm all ready to go. I'm even good with being homeless, all that stuff. I, I'm going to follow you, but if it's, if it's okay, I need to go and bury my dad. Uh, because either dad has recently died, we're not exactly sure, or he's going to die soon. And so he says, if it's okay, I'm going to go and bury my dad first, and then I'll be right back. And Jesus says, no, let the dead bury their own dead. Um, 
the stuff that's happening in your father's house is spiritually dead, and I'm inviting you right now to say yes and step into life, something that's spiritually alive right now. I also think that um, Jesus is saying, you know, don't leave because you might not come back. Any of you ever experienced that before where things are going well? We have uh, people who are um, experiencing God for the first time or they are, maybe they're, they're getting their act cleaned up somehow. Life is getting on track and uh, they'll come up and talk to me and I said, the only advice I really have for you is just keep coming. Just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. Every week, just keep coming back is all I can tell you because what happens is you skip a week all of a sudden, and I'm not trying to be like the church police on uh, taking attendance. I just know it happens with me, and I've seen it happen to hundreds of other people where they run off and they say, yeah, I'm sorry I missed church. I had to go and bury my dad. I had to go and do this thing, dot, 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 and all of a sudden, they're gone. Further in Luke chapter 9, yet another said, Jesus, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Like, this isn't warm and fuzzy Jesus. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you do you. I'll be here. Oh, I I totally get it. You have people that you love at home. That makes sense. Like, I just need to, I'm going to go and tell my wife real quick what I'm doing. He's like, no. That, that's not really going to work for what we're trying to do. And he's talking to individual people here. He actually gets worse when he speaks with crowds. In Luke chapter 14, it says, Now great crowds accompanied him. And he turned to them and he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, and wife, and children, and brothers, and sisters, yes, and even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. That's a, that's a fork in the road all of a sudden. Like, oh, we thought we were, we thought we were following you. And he makes this fork and says, actually, you got cho- you got to choose one way or the other. You're going to choose to go and say goodbye to your family? Are you going to choose to bury your father? Are you going to choose to, um, you know, explain to your wife and kids? Are you going to do these different things? You got to pick. You got to pick, and it's a really hard thing to pick. And so why, why does Jesus do this? Why is he making it so hard? Um, if, if the goal is to increase the size of the kingdom of God and get followers and create a bigger movement. Jesus is kind of saying all the wrong stuff. Hate your father. Hate your mother. Hate your kids. In Mark chapter 8, it says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's a story in the Bible about a a man named the rich young ruler is what he's known as. Uh, the rich young ruler. Um, 
And so he's, he's, he's a guy from a village somewhere. Um, he's one of the most successful businessmen around. He's rich. Uh, he's young. He's a ruler. He has wealth. Um, other places we can read that he had energy and vigor for life. He had power. He had status. And he's heard of Jesus, and he's heard about the miracles that Jesus has done. Jesus comes into his village, and the rich young ruler falls to his knees before Jesus, and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What do I have to do? The disciples are all excited because they're like, Oh, we got, they think they're reeling in a big one right now. Oh man, we're not going to be poor forever, guys. We got this guy. Jesus, lock him up. Get this guy on board. Eating steak tonight. Mark chapter 10 says, And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And he said to him, You lack one thing. Go Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Just one thing you got to do is sell everything, and then you can come and follow me. It says, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And I, I don't know what happens with him. I don't, I don't know if he ever, it, I don't know if he went and sold the stuff and came back to Jesus. All I know is that he went away sad because he was told the, really the most important thing in his life, he needed to just get rid of that if he wanted to follow Jesus. What Jesus is saying in these stories is that surrendering everything to me is better than whatever you've got. Whatever you have, surrendering all of it over to me is better. I promise you it's better. Whatever it is that you have, whatever it is that, that you love, whoever it is that you love, if you surrender all of those things over to me, it's going to be better for you. And this can only be true if Jesus is a good king. It can only be true if he's actually a good king. Jesus says, I'm better than all of that. The way that we know that Jesus is a good king is because of the cross. The payment that was made for us on our behalf, that Jesus lived this perfect life that none of us could ever live, uh, and then he died the death that we all deserved instead of us dying it, so that justice could be served and that we didn't ever have to pay the penalty. Romans chapter 5 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so while we were busy with everything else. While a lot of us were busy hating the king, the king was busy dying for us. And that's the, that's the, the beautiful and confusing part of all of this to me always is that um, just the, the, the trades that were made, um, that Jesus 
traded in his spiritual riches and he, he made a choice to experience complete poverty for our spiritual wealth. He gave himself up into imprisonment so we could be free. That all the way to the point of death so that we could have life. And so, it, what the heck does it mean? Hate your father and hate your mother. Hate your sister, your brother, your wife, or your kids. Uh, does it mean, like, be mean to them? Nuh-uh, I read the Bible. Why are you being so mean to me? Jesus said I needed to. <laughs> no. Not to be evil to them. I think that what Jesus is saying is just, but what I do require of you, and this could sound just as hard to a lot of people, I need you to love them less than you love me. I need you to love them less than you love me. I need to be number one. I need to be first. I need to be the most important. I'm a good king, and I have what is best for you, but I need you to surrender I need you to surrender everything to me. Doesn't mean you run away from your, your wife and your kids and your mom and your dad. You know, I, I especially hear, um, I hear a lot of moms say it in particular. Um, one of the things that we talk about in my family is that it's like, <laughs> I know it's not, some of the kids are right over here and I'm sorry guys, but um, mom trumps kids. Um, she is like, I'm going with, with her and what she said. I'm not going to side with the kids and go, but the kids are, the kids are more important than anyone. Now, my wife is more important than the kids, and Jesus is more important than my wife. And it, and it, has, it just has to be that way for us. He's a good king, but he requires a lot. There's a heaven that is waiting for us, but not um, just in the future, also to experience it now. We talk about uh, the kingdom of God, and it's this picture of heaven on earth, uh, the already and the not yet. We're not just waiting in a a room to die, and then things are going to be good. Eventually, things are going to be great. Jesus wants to give us this you know, a taste of heaven here and now that we get to experience it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not what it'll be like someday. There's a, a, a pastor and author of uh, quite a few different books that I love named Timothy Keller. And he writes this, if Jesus is your center and your Lord and you fail him, He'll forgive you. Your career or whatever else you place importance on can't die for your sins, and they don't forgive. If Jesus is the creator and Lord, then by definition, nothing could satisfy you like he can. Even if you're successful, even the most successful careers and families cannot give the significance, the security, and the affirmation that the author of glory and love can. Jesus is a good king, 
And he gives you his life so that you can have life, real life. Just like the rich young ruler, Jesus loves us enough not to just die for us, but to also tell us the harsh truth. The harsh truth that I'm bringing up today uh, is that you may have a counterfeit king. You may have a counterfeit king in your life or kings or queens. And Jesus will not have, he will not share his throne. He won't share his throne. And so if you're in a place where you just know that you're not experiencing everything that, that they, you know, the stuff that they're talking about at church, I, I don't feel all that stuff. I, I, that stuff doesn't seem to happen to me. Um, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm asking today, do you think it's possible that you might have a counterfeit king? That you might have other kings or queens that are um, maybe put in that position of importance and you may not be connecting with Jesus in a certain way because he doesn't share the throne. In the United States, we have this super deep value of independence. We just, we love it. I mean, that's, that's who we are. That's where we came from. We, we rebelled against the king and we're like, we're, we're independent. It's our independence day. And yet the way our Lord works is that he wants us to be completely, fully, utterly dependent upon him. What is happening with our lights? Lord Jesus, I'm depending on you right now to fix those lights. Thank you in advance. None of us really like being told what to do. Um, it's just kind of who we are, especially in America. Um, when I, as soon as I turned 16, I was, I just drive everywhere. Um, that my sole mission in life was gas money and just driving every, because it, it just meant independence. It's like, I can do whatever I want. I can go to Taco Bell at four in the morning. I can do this. I can do that. It's independence. You get your first job, your first paycheck, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm independent now. I can do whatever I want to, really. There's only one problem. It's an illusion a lot of the time. It's an illusion of being independent. A lot of us um, think that we're independent and we're the ones who are calling the shots, but we might be answering to a counterfeit king and not realize it. Um, these counterfeit kings uh, we would call idols just that you have idols in your life. And uh, it, it, it might make you uncomfortable to think about yourself bowing down to some of these things. That, no, 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 I, I'm in control. It doesn't control me. I, I could stop whenever I want to. But I see people all the time bowing down to things and serving counterfeit kings. We don't want to confess that we have an idol, but I... I think a lot of us have them. An idol, I wrote down a quick definition. An idol is anything that is more important to you than Jesus. Anything that absorbs your heart and your imagination more than Jesus does. Anything that you seek to give you only what Jesus can end up giving you. If you're seeking stuff that only Jesus can offer you and you're looking for it in a different place, it, it's an idol. 
We serve idols and we bow down to counterfeit kings. We worship phony kings. And Jesus just won't have it. I think it's the reason why he puts forks in the road and makes us choose hard decisions that seem like, why, why are you putting me in an impossible? Why do I have to sell everything that I have? Can't I do great things for your kingdom with that money? Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to leave my family in that kind of way? Why do I have to... In Mark chapter 8, Jesus says this to a crowd. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Deliberately using this language to make people uncomfortable. Take up your cross. Crucifixion was a hot topic at the time because it was happening all over the place. In the Roman kingdom, uh, crucifixions were taking place constantly to try, try to prove a point. Um, and these Roman emperors and uh, just leaders, they wanted to be the most important thing in the world. And so they would have statues of them. But whenever uh, a new guy would come in, have you seen, I think I have pictures of some of these statues without heads. They're always missing their heads because they would want to take the other, the other emperor's head off because they wanted to be the only guy the only one who you would consider to be your leader. You're killing me, Smalls. And so Jesus paints this picture where receiving Jesus uh, it, it requires two deaths. It, was, it required Jesus' death, and he says it also requires yours. Jesus has caused uh, all kinds of deaths in me. He's, he's killed all kinds of things in me. Uh, Jesus has caused deaths in some of my friendships. Um, I've lost friends because... I stopped indulging in certain things or going certain places or do it, whatever. And Jesus caused a death there. Jesus has caused deaths with my money, tithing and making me into a generous person and supporting different ministries and things. And I, it, it, he just, Jesus will kill your bank account. Jesus has caused deaths in, uh, you know, in people's sex lives where maybe they would have been more promiscuous. Maybe they would have uh, had multiple kids out of wedlock. Maybe they would have done whatever. But Jesus brings about a death in that way. It's costly to follow Jesus, but he says it's worth it. How, whatever it costs you, it's worth it. 
When I submit to the king, good deaths end up happening too. It's not just stuff that, um, that I don't want to let go of. Uh, obeying Jesus and submitting to him has been, uh, it's brought about the death of selfishness for me. Um, like Burger King's old motto that we'll do it your way or whatever. It, and it's just like, I love that forever. I'm like, actually, I think... I think Jesus' way is better. I keep picking the wrong stuff. Jesus has caused the death of fear in me. Um, where I had to try to control the outcome. I was, gonna, I was so afraid that um, it wasn't going to work out for me. Um, you know, and a lot of us, if, if you grew up poor in any way, uh, you become... Um, stingy and grabby and worried about stuff because you didn't have a lot and so you want to cling to things and not share and he had to kill he had to kill that fear in me he had to kill off that stinginess he's killed off hopelessness with me and behaviors or thoughts or relationships where I thought that, well, that thing's never going to change or they're never going to get better or our relationship's never going to be fixed. I'll never have, um, you know, this or that with my family or my friends. And he's, he's killed off that hopelessness where now I'm like, actually, I think anything is possible because <laughs> I've seen him do incredible things. Jesus has killed off approval-seeking in me like where I'm just trying to get somebody to pat me on the back and say, good job, Ryan. He killed it because all of a sudden I know I'm his now. I'm his and that's enough. I don't have to be anybody else's. I don't have to, I don't have to get the pat on the back because I'm getting, I'm getting the ultimate pat on the back from my heavenly father. <laughs> So anyways, yada, yada, dying is a good thing sometimes. Let's jump ahead, try and close this down. Philippians chapter 2, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, one day, every knee will bow to Jesus, the King Jesus. Um, it will be either willingly or it will be forceful. And Jesus is giving us this opportunity to do it willingly and to surrender ourselves to him. But you have to count the cost because it's expensive. He wants to be the king over every choice in your life. He wants to be the king over your time. He wants to be the king over your money. He wants to be the king over your dating life or your marriage. He wants to be the king over where you work, how you work, when you... All of it. He says, I want the whole thing. Here's what I would close with. If you have something that you take notes on or if you want to grab 
uh, one of the little note cards that's on the back of the chairs there. Um, this will be the, the challenge that we close with today, um, to just give you an opportunity to declare uh, surrender to your king. If you are interested in that, you want to do that on a deeper level, um, this is an opportunity for you to, to put him in the first position, to set him alone on the throne. And so uh, one of the ways that you can do that is write down um, king or queen, whatever your name is, King Ryan would like to surrender his kingship <laughs> over to you, Jesus. And write down what it is that he can have. What is the thing that might be more important to you than him? And are you willing to give it to him? Your money, your spouse, your secret. You know, your addiction, your, what is it? I, King Ryan, give this to you, Jesus. I surrender it to you. If he can't have all of your money yet, and I don't mean like you're going to be poor all of a sudden. We've been taken care of perfectly when we decided to surrender our money years ago. We've always been fine since then. If you're in a place where he can't have all your money, then you have to keep counting the cost of what it is to follow Jesus. Uh, if you are in a place where, where he can't have your sex life, you've got to keep counting the cost. If he can't have every career decision you make, if he can't have your worry, if he can't have your fear, if he can't have your, um, your control, you got to keep counting the cost. You have to decide if you're going to surrender those things over to him. This is um, a simple concept that's really, really hard to do. So we're way out of time. Let's pray. Uh, God, I am just struck by the, just this, the strange way that you do these things with us, that you are the one who gives us freedom and an opportunity to be free people, and it has to be that way because it's the only way we can truly love you, where we're not on autopilot. We're not robots who are programmed a certain way. You want us to choose you, and you want us to surrender those freedoms over to you because you say, whatever it is, the thing I have for you is better. I just pray that you would help us to see that and believe it completely, fully. If any of us are like, no, oh, I don't know if I don't know if he'll be able to um, give me something in this area of my life. I like holding on to this one thing, that we would know that you're a good king and that you have something better. 
I thank you for all of the things that I have surrendered to you and that I don't regret any of them. Just pray that you would help me to let go of more and trust you completely. You're a good king, Jesus. Thank you that we can depend on you. Pray in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy Independence Day, 4th of July. Keep your fingers safe if you're blowing things up. If you would like to be prayed for for anything, we'll have some prayer team people over here by the cross. Um, I hope you guys have an awesome week. See you soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.